a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Now let's, yes, the answer is, if a song says the word God, it should be singing about Jesus. But the question here is, Jesus mentioned by name or concept, is that, is it, is it clear that the person that we're singing to is Jesus? You start to separate others. So I have more good works than that person. And so this is where pietism ends up, that, uh, oh, I'm a better Christian because I have more good works than you. Our, our our evangelism program would basically be like a roast. <laughs> Welcome to Table Talk Radio, everyone's favorite Lutheran theological game show. I'm Pastor Evan Gigline, and I'm here with Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Hey. Hey. Want to do a show or what? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about that. All right. Ooh, I get a new nemesis today. Oh, oh, hold, we'll we'll hold that in surprise. But uh, that's in the oh. last half of this show when we play Bible Bee. Uh, yeah. Someone new that uh, Pastor Wolfmiller will lose to. And net, I've yet to lose to this particular person. <laughs> and in the first segment, or the first half of the show, I should say, we are playing Name That Theologian. So All right. I hope you remember to grab a theologian, Pastor Wolfmiller. I did, I did. Oh, I'm, I'm working on a buzzword you, right now. What are you doing show prep for all of a sudden? I just like, uh, had a Bible study this morning, and it came in <laughs> handy. <laughs> all right. Very good. Well, uh, I'll start with my theological buzzword for you. It's actually good. a buzz phrase. Good idea. Called, <laughs> it's uh, sola scriptura, uh, which is a Latin, meaning scriptures alone. Um, and this uh, is a little phrase says that uh, the, the Bible is the only thing the only authority that is the infallible voice of God. Now, I think that uh, the nice little thing that Pastor Stephen Parks emphasized in our interview with him on in Table Scraps was that we have to emphasize that sola scriptura means that the Bible is the only infallible authority. You see, uh, a lot of people think that sola scriptura means that we believe that the scriptures are the only authority. Now that would be problematic. I mean, can you imagine when uh, Pastor Wolfner, when you're, uh, you know, running late to work, you know, you have Bible study at like ten, and you leave the house at ten, so you dr- are driving really right. fast, and you get pulled over, and you say, "Sorry, officer, I don't yep, have to listen yep. to you. I believe in sola scriptura." Sola you're... scriptura, baby. <laughs> yeah, yep. That's the only authority for that, me. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> How does that work, by the way? I'm a Roman Catholic Next officer. Time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you just hope you get the Lutheran police officer. Um, no, no, no. So we have authority, even in the church. We have pastors are an authority, a tradition is an authority, and things like this. But they are not infallible authority, so that they are subject to the Word of God. Uh, and so that if uh, a, a pastor um, exercises his authority outside of what is given to him in Holy Scripture, um, then then Holy Scripture wins. If we have a tradition that is contrary to the practice of Holy, of Holy Scripture, then Holy Scripture wins. So, Sola Scriptura says that uh, the Word of God is the only infallible authority. I want to say something else about that, too, because when we say Sola Scriptura, we also are saying that the Scriptures alone uh, are the means which the Holy Spirit uses to convert. So it's not just that the Holy... It's not simply the formal principle, that is to say, hmm. that the Holy Scriptures are where we learn everything, but in fact, the Holy Scriptures are the unique means, the Word of God, we should say, is a unique means 
that the Holy Spirit uses to convert the soul and deliver his goodness. <clears throat> so are you saying that uh, Sola Scriptura sort of um, applies to all the other doctrines of the word so that, you know, that yeah, the word of God be efficacious? Well, it's the only efficacious word. Yes, um, that's right. Very interesting. Okay, very good. Yeah, yeah. Mm, thanks. So my uh, my buzz phrase is sola fide. <laughs> Copycat. That means, uh, sola fide, by the way, means only faith. And this is as opposed to, now I, I think it's pretty good so, so that someone should come up to the Lutherans and say, hey, you got three solas, huh? You got sola scriptura, sola fide, sola gratia. That's uh, trouble, because how can you have three things that are alone? <laughs> mm-hmm. How can you be by yourself with two other people? Well, so so it's important to emphasize that the sola is excluding other things. So sola scriptura, it excludes man's word, man's tradition, etc., uh, from the infallible authority of the scripture. Sola fide, of course, doesn't then exclude the scriptures, but rather sola fide excludes works from justification. So we say faith alone, well, it's by faith alone that we're justified. Okay. Got Faith it? Alone. Got it. All right. Good. Um, let's then play a little uh, uh, Name That Theologian. Uh, Pastor, do you want me to give oh, them to yeah. you first, or do you want to go the other way? Yeah, yeah. Give it to me. You're so excited about this. Okay. Now, uh, You're the, a theologian there. These Who, uh, are... What is this? You were teaching a Bible study or something, and you got excited about this guy? No, I was just reading, and I, I liked a particular quote, so I thought I'd grab a couple more and uh-huh. throw it at you. Uh, but I'll, right, I'll, I'll save the one in particular that I liked for last. Um, these uh, then quotes are not necessarily coming from the same work of this uh, th- said theologian. And in okay. the first quote, this theologian says, Suffering and rejection sum up the whole cross of Jesus. To die on the cross means to die despised and rejected of men. Suffering and rejection are laid upon Jesus as a divine necessity, and every attempt to prevent it is the work of the devil, especially when it comes from his own disciples. For it is, in fact, an attempt to prevent Christ from being Christ. It is Peter, the rock of the church, who commits that sin immediately after he has confessed Jesus as the Messiah and has been appointed to the the primacy. That shows that the very notion of a suffering Messiah was a scandal to the church, even in its earliest days. Not that the kind of Lord it, uh, that is not the kind of Lord it wants, as the Church of Christ does not like to have the law of suffering imposed upon it by its Lord. Peter's protest displays his own unwillingness to suffer. That means that Satan has gained entry into the Church and is trying to tear it away from the cross of its Lord. Jesus must therefore mm. make clear beyond all all doubt that the must of suffering applies to his disciples no less than to himself. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> That's a long quotation there. So let's see, to summarize this, uh, what is the role of suffering in the church? And the answer is it is of divine necessity, and Jesus would suffer and his people would suffer, and the rejection of suffering is uh, shows the devil's that the devil has won a place so if we in the church are saying that we shouldn't be suffering then we've shown that the devil has uh, had his way in our own theological thinking that's devil talk uh, i think uh i like this idea it's not it hasn't quite said enough i don't think for me to pin it down do you think you could get it so far from this 
Mm, I think I need some yep, more. I do. <laughs> I would know exactly. Well, who only because you just read it. You would. I've got a guess, but do you want to? You want to? I don't have enough to go for it. Um, Come on. Well, just... so just linguistically, I think this is a translation. Uh, so I don't think it's originally in English. Okay. Uh, but it does show the marks of a modern thinker, a modern-ish thinker. This language of divine necessity, I don't think you would find like in the old Lutherans, maybe in some old Calvinists, but I don't think so. So I think this is a someone, I think this is from modern times, but uh, modern-ish times, but I, I think it's probably translated, coming to us from German or something else. Okay, well, That's here's, my guess. here's another quote. Wherein does man's being like God consist? It is at his attempt to want to be for God himself, to or, ordain a new way of being for God is in a special way of being religious. And this religiousness consists in man's going behind the given word of God and pronouncing his own knowledge of God. This possibility of knowing about God beyond his given word is man's being like God. For whence is man to take this knowledge if not from the springs of his own life and being? This means that for his knowledge of God, man renounces the word of God, which which constantly descends upon him out of the unenterable middle and limit of life. Man renounces life from this word and snatches it for himself. He is, is himself in the middle. Therefore, being like God is disobedience in the form of obedience. It is will to power in the form of service. It is desire to be a creator in the form of creatureliness. It is being dead in the form of life. Whew, that's phenomenal. Uh, this, I think, now, I'm going to limit this. I think this has to be a Lutheran. To get at this idolatry of good works like this and just come flat out and say, look, you are at your best, your worst. That's what this quote was saying. That when you, when you want to come along and serve God in a way that you've invented, you show yourself to be God because your word or your invented works or even whatever your righteous works according to the Scripture are, these are um, pleasing for God. Which is just phenomenal sort of thing. So then, it, but now you get this little hint. I think I'm this this hint at the will to power. That's the. I don't know if the will to power is a philosophical phrase before Nietzsche. You know Nietzsche. Uh, but I think this is. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Are yeah. you listening? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Uh, this is uh, this is a responding to that. So this is going to be a German. Lutheran philosopher, it has to be, mid-century. Now, that puts it, this, that limits us, but there are a few guys that are hanging around in this era. There's guys like Ehlert, um, and even our favorite uh, guy, Caberly, who wrote this book about the three ladders. Um, but I want one more. Okay, we'll do that after the break. That, by the way, is in the context of what he was speaking of at the uh, Garden of Eden. Uh, uh, not having this word of God for himself. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio. The games are just an excuse. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are playing Name That Theologian, and so far Pastor Wolfmuller has eliminated someone being modern-ish and Lutheran, so that really narrows it down. Uh, congratulations, Pastor Wolfmiller. But I have one hey, more quote. Yeah. <laughs> one more oh, yeah, quote. This is going to send it home. Okay, here it is. It says, It is not we who build. Christ builds the church. No man builds the church but Christ alone. Whoever is minded to build the church is surely well on the way to destroying it. For he will build a temple to <laughs> idols without wishing it or knowing it. We <laughs> must confess. He builds. We must proclaim. He builds. We must pray to him that he may build. We do not know his plan. We cannot see whether he is building or pulling down. It may be that the times which by human standards are times of collapse are for him great times of construction. It may be that the times which from a human point of view are great times for the church are times when it is being pulled down. It is a great comfort which Christ gives to his church. You confess, preach, Bear witness to me, and I alone will build where it pleases me. Do not meddle in what is my providence. Do what is given to you to do it well, and you have done enough. But do it well. Pay no heed to views and opinions. Don't ask for judgments. Don't always be calculating what will happen. Don't always be on the lookout for another refuge. Church, stay a church. But church, confess, confess confess. Christ alone is your Lord. From his grace alone can you live as you are. Christ builds. Hmm. It's fantastic. That's beautiful. Of course, I don't believe it. I think that we build the church, but otherwise, that's I'm, just fantastic. I'm all about calculating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet you are. I mean... Four, five, we... <laughs> six people gone. What's our Facebook status thing? Oh, like? yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me check that. That's important to me. I build the Facebook page, not you. <laughs> I mean, it's not about cackling, but we can we can track the spirit, right? <laughs> you said that, not me. <laughs> hey, look at this. 952 members. Of course, we had like 60 or 70 people um, join, and we didn't go gain any members, so I think that means a lot of people <laughs> dropped out. Yeah. Never mind. We don't count the people that leave. We only got the people uh, who come in. People that come. That's right. That's right. So we got the seven million people. I think we count all the people who listened once. Just call them listeners. Millions <laughs> and millions. This is like a letter to the church. Uh, you know who wrote letters to the church? Who was a mid-century German theologian? Was Hermann Sasse. Uh, and um, and that's pretty nice. Uh, there's also this. Um, uh, there's also this guy, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he was all about this kind of stuff, too. There's a Bo Geertz, who he was not German. He spoke in some other language, Swedish or Japanese or something. Uh, and he was a bishop, and he wrote to the church. Um, you know, I was uh, I was leaning towards, I was hinting at Ehlert and these guys, but at, but Kaberly, I was leaning towards Bonhoeffer. Um, but I think this kind of, and he, and Bonhoeffer had this kind of prophetic, kind of apostolic way of talking. Um, hmm. But, I, hmm, man being like God, a special way of religiousness. But I'm going to guess Herman Sasa. Herman Sasa. Oh, man. Uh, Did I get a second right? Was it Bonhoeffer? It was Bonhoeffer. Also? Was it? Yep. 
So the first I one, had that until the last quote. I should have guessed before. Do you want to guess where the first <laughs> quote was from? Okay, suffering and rejection. That's going to be from... I don't know Bonhoeffer that well. Let's see. Law of Divine Suffering. Give me some options. Give me three writings, and I'll match them up to the quotes. Okay. The first writing is Letters and Papers from Prison. Yep. Second one is Creation and Fall Temptation. Yeah. And the third one is The Cost of Discipleship. Okay. Um, first one, Cost of Discipleship. Correct. Mm, let's see. Second one, what was the? What are the two options? Letters from Prison and what's the other one? Creation and Fall Temptation. Yeah, so that second one is Creation, Fall, Temptation. Okay. And, and the, the third one is Letters from Prison. So uh, actually, the third one is from the Treasury of Daily Prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Quoting his letters from prison. <laughs> I don't, they don't give citations in the Treasury of Daily Prayer. Oh. That's, I think, the biggest downfall. They have these wonderful quotes from uh, various uh, theologians. They don't say where the quote comes from. Yeah, where is that? Yeah, but anyway, that was in uh, Bonhoeffer's writing in the Treasury of Daily Prayer. <laughs> I prefer if you would say Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer. Okay. Bonhoeffer. So no points for you, unfortunately. Zero. By the way, I'm just looking at our church, our uh, Facebook page, um, and I've got here this church sign that says, Thou shalt not steal unless you're a cardinal on first base. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's not fair for the the Red Sox. Alas. Okay. All right, let's go. Yep, ready. Therefore, let us learn to distinguish carefully between Christ and a lawgiver, not only in word, but also in fact and in practice. Then, when the devil comes, disguised as Christ, and harassing us under his name, we will know that he is not Christ, but that he is really the devil. For Christ is the joy and sweetness of a trembling and troubled heart. Okay, so this is um, dealing really with the distinction between law and gospel, that we would not treat Jesus as a new Moses. Um, this is going to be a pretty big theme, and uh, two figures that come to mind off the top of my head. Um, first of all, being Luther. Luther talks about this quite a bit. And oh, yeah. secondly, uh, Walther. In fact, he has this uh, very oh. thesis. I wonder what thesis that is. What, what, what number is that at the top of your page there? Seventeen. <laughs> I know it's not that. Um, anyway, one of, one one of his theses in this proper distinction between law and gospel um, is uh, that we that we don't treat uh, Jesus like a new lawgiver, a new Moses. Um, so right now, I'm thinking either Walther or Luther, uh, but it's oh, true. Are, huh? So so that uh, oftentimes we think that um, that the main theme of what Jesus came to tell us was to obey the law, obey the law, obey the law. And uh, when we when we treat him that way, then it's just like Moses coming down from Mount Sinai. He, uh, they're not not he's not coming to give us any good news. He's telling us to be obedient, um, which is really nothing new at all. Yes. Okay. So I'm ready for a second okay. quote uh, regarding uh, Galatians chapter two verse twenty one, which says this: "If justification were through the law, then Christ died of no purpose." This theologian says the following words. These words of Paul should be pondered carefully as follows. It is, is it true or is it not true that Christ died? Again, did he die to no purpose? Unless we are obviously insane, we are forced to answer here that he did die and that he did not die to no purpose and that he died for us, not for himself. Therefore, if he did not die to no purpose, then righteousness is not through the law. Okay. Okay. 
Good. So <laughs> I, I like this this uh, said theologian just asking the question, well, did Jesus die or not? <laughs> Are you insane? <laughs> uh, this doesn't really set one of the... I, I mean, I, I would kind of lean a little bit more towards Luther on this just because of the language. Um, he likes to get a little colorful like that. Um, but I wouldn't pat it, put it past Walther either, so I'm going to need a... Uh, maybe a third quote to, to here you go down. okay talking about the doctrine that i find righteousness in the law or in myself this theologian says this but is this blasphemy something to be tolerated and covered up that when the divine majesty did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all he was not doing this seriously but merely playing before I would grant this, I would rather that the holiness not only of the papists and fanatics, but even of the angels, be eternally rejected and condemned along with the devil. I refuse to look at anything except Christ. He should be such a treasure to me that in comparison with him everything else is filthy. He should be such a light to me that when I have taken hold of him by faith, I do not know whether there is such a thing as law, sin, or unrighteousness in the world." For what is everything there is in heaven and on earth in comparison with the Son of God? Ah, that's beautiful. Uh, so that um, what uh, attempts to obey the law does is it, it points one to himself, saying, "Hey, I'm, look at the works that I'm doing. Look at the the good that I've done." And what it what it turns you away from is is Christ. Um, if I, I should qualify that, if you think that you're keeping the law. The law itself, by the way, turns us to Christ when it shows us right. our shortcoming. That's right. Um, so uh, what this theologian is saying is that um, when I find that I am weak, that by the law I, I cannot keep the law, um, I uh, must cling uh, tightly to Christ. I must I must look at the work he's done in my place. And there we have forgiveness, and, and, um, and this is where our true comfort is to be found. Um, I think that uh, still I'm still kind of going running with either Walther or Luther, and I'm going to tip the scales towards Luther. Is this Martin Luther? Uh, no, John Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's Luther. You're oh, right. Oh, man. <laughs> Give me a heart attack. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All right. So Luther it is. Um, yeah, this is this is um, a... a uh, a Lutheran-esque thing to say, right? Uh, mm. That we cling to Christ uh, rather than the law. So. It's, a, it's the greatest idolatry is to um, go and uh, uh, and say that we're made righteous by our own doing and by our own keeping the law, etc. Because it's so it looks like such great holiness and such great love for God and all of this sort of thing, but really it's making the death of Jesus of no effect, says St. Paul. Oh. And I think this is what, uh, this is the opening a can in the last 10 seconds, but I think this is why the, the Mormon church is seen to be so appealing. Because look, they're doing good works, but it's not good works that save. So we're going to go back, uh, go to the break, we'll be right back. I feel fantastic, and I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think about I felt that day, when I felt the way that I do right now, right now. I feel fantastic. And I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think about I felt that day When I felt the way that I do right now Right now, right now Table Talk Radio It's incredible how well our good looks translate to radio Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers 
Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Oh, you know, from your personal collection. Uh, you <laughs> are ready now to hear another game of Bible Bee and uh, oh, to yeah. the newest challenger to Pastor Wolf Miller's uh, Bible Bee woes is uh, Pastor Daniel Price of what Trinity Church about? in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas. Welcome, Pastor Price. Thank you, guys, for having me on. I've, I've been uh, spending the majority of the day trying to like trace back through the steps of my life, trying to figure out what horrific mistake brought me to this <laughs> <laughs> But here we are. What step started that ended you right here? Huh? I, uh, well, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but uh, I'm, I've. Uh, uh, there's no changing it now. So I guess I just gotta go with it. Well, Pastor yeah, Price right. is, stuck. in addition to being the pastor there at Trinity Church, um, is also the co-host of the brand new podcast Boars in the Vineyard. Um, pastor Price, tell us a little bit about the name, what that means, and then what you uh, what, what's the what's the goal of the podcast? Uh, yeah, well, the the name comes from uh, when the papal bull was issued against Martin Luther, um, and uh, it, it um, you know in the opening uh, kind of statement on, on it, it says you know arise, O Lord, and defend your cause, and it says uh, you know a wild boar has risen in the vineyard, uh, referring to Martin Luther, and, and that he was uh, creating havoc within the church, um, and so we kind of took that uh, that the name from there, um, and uh, sort of what we do is. Uh, it's, it's really so just trying to answer questions. Uh, I get asked, I was getting asked a lot of theological questions or what do Lutherans say about this or, or this kind of thing. Um, and so um, I got hit up by another pastor, um, uh, Lewis Polding, over in Minnesota. And uh, so we decided to put something together to answer some of these questions. And uh, we, we play some games and goof off, but it, we really want it to be uh, something more that it's, it's sort of question driven. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't recommend uh, messing around. I would be really serious yeah. if, if possible. Oh, no, right? No. Yeah, it's a complete yes. failure as a it's, podcast strategy. Yes, dear dear table talk listener, if you want your questions actually answered, uh, <laughs> so you, you you can head head on over. You, I, we're on there's a voice on vineyard dot com, and uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter, and you can that's you can spelled B O R E D. I am bored. Yeah, bored in the vineyard. That's what it is. <laughs> exactly. Oh exactly. yeah, we're gonna go listen to boring in the vineyard. <laughs> oh boy. Well, yeah, Kurt is kidding. We're just, just answering questions. Uh, primarily answering questions. We 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 have some games and stuff that we play and things like that uh, as well. And then we do we do like a short Bible study um, at the end uh, of each episode, but. Uh, but yeah, but it's just, I mean, if you have questions about doctrine or, uh, you know, what Lutherans say, ask about or say about any any certain issue or uh, just about a verse, you know, if you have a question about a, a passage or things like that. So we're just kind of answering those kind of things. Yeah. Brian, put the phone uh, down. He can't answer calls right now. Sorry, he he had all these questions. He's going to call you. Out. I know it's well, theology. <laughs> well, people can check uh, check it out at boresinthevineyard.com. Is that right? That's right. That's right. You can subscribe from there uh, on iTunes or whatever whatever uh, device you have. Uh, you can. There's two different feeds there. So. Very good. Well, Pastor Price, do you know how this game uh, Bible Bee works? I know how. Uh, I know how it works. I do. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've listened to enough to know. Uh, okay. Yeah. So so you listen to it once. And uh, so the, uh, we'll give you uh, three three verses here, and then uh, one verse, and then one word. 
and you have to identify which book of the Bible this comes from. And uh, are you ready, Pastor Price, for your first entry? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, here it is. It says, I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not destroy Ephraim again. For I am God and not man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. They will walk after the Lord. He will roar like a lion. Indeed, he will roar. And his sons will come trembling from the west. They will come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves in the land of Assyria. And I will settle them in their houses, declares the Lord. Oh, that's, uh, that's Old Testament. Uh, Good start. <laughs> yeah. Old Testament. Um, man, for, for a, man, for a second there, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was Malachi, but I don't think that's right. Um, I think this sounds very angry minor prophet like. Um, <laughs> oh, let's go with about uh, let's let's go with uh, Habakkuk or Habakkuk, depending on how you... <laughs> depending how you pronounce it. Well, that that actually changes the answer. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> you were looking for Hosea. Uh, but you were right about the minor prophet. This is Hosea chapter 11. Now, uh, Pastor Price, could you speak to that passage? Would that be law or gospel? Well, no, this is uh, this sounds like, well, let's see. The passage. Let me, let me pay attention real quick here. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, this, don't do this, that. <laughs> don't pay attention. This sounds, <laughs> yes, this sounds, this sounds like gospel here. Um, as he talked about relenting, let's see. Let me look at it. Let me let me look at it. Yeah. It? So I was I was uh, looking at chapter eleven, verses eight through eleven. Okay, let's pull this. Hosea. He look. He's pulling out his Bible. No wonder he got so close. <laughs> <laughs> Hosea chapter eight. Eh? Uh, eleven. 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 Oh, 11. Verse eight through eleven. Oh, okay, gotcha. All I heard was oh. lions, and I got scared. Oh, my. I know. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Um, Hosea chapter 11. Why don't you, hey, Evan, give me the first phrase again. I'm going to get in on this law yeah. gospel thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can, can I give uh, you up, O Ephraim? Can I uh, surrender you, O Israel? Oh, wait, I didn't read that part, did I? Um, oh, I started with verse 9. I don't know, I, but that sounds nice. I started with verse 9. So it says, I will not yeah. execute my fierce anger. I will not destroy Ephraim again, for I am God and not man, the Holy One in your midst. <laughs> I will not come in <laughs> in wrath. Yes, this is gospel. Yeah, oh, that man. sounds good That's news to me, gospel. right? This is gospel. Yeah, well, this, is, this, is like, this is like God telling you, if I was like you, I'd just destroy all you, but I'm not like you because of God. <laughs> I'm, I'm merciful. Right. Like, you would destroy right. yourself if you could. <laughs> That's all right. right. I'm, so all those all those verses in the prophets where it says, I'm not, my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways, that's because the Lord acts in mercy and compassion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Multiple um, prophets, I'm one s- story. I am sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Daniel, we can't give you any points. Um, we have this rule oh, that really? I really just invented for Pastor Wolfmuller. Um, that if you don't get the round right, you don't get points for law gospel. Um, da- Daniel said, though, he said, coming on, he said, don't throw me softballs. So. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, Pastor Wolfen, are you ready for your round one? 
Yeah, you uh, did. You get to my note that said, "Throw me softballs." Yeah, I did. In the beginning, God. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Genesis. Genesis. <laughs> okay. Who improvised to the sound of the harp and, like David, have composed songs for themselves? Who drink wine from sacrificial bowls while they anoint themselves with the finest of oils, yet have not grieved over the ruin of Joseph? Therefore, they will, they will uh, now go into exile at the head of the exiles, and the sprawlers banqueting with will, will pass away. That's... Uh... This, this is a uh, okay. So this is also Old Testamenty and also minor prophety uh, <laughs> especially because you have this idea of uh, not repenting at seeing the destruction. So there's a couple of major waves of destruction that roll through Israel. Uh, in 722, the Assyrians come and wipe out the northern kingdom. Then 586, the Babylonians come and tear down the temple in Jerusalem. And the prophets are saying, "Hey, you guys should probably pay attention to this sort of stuff." I mean, when the Lord comes around walloping, it's to it's for your benefit so that you would repent, and and uh, but this idea of the of the people are sitting there and they're inventing new instruments like King David did, like everything's going great even though the walls are collapsing around them and they live in this unrepentance. This is a kind of beautiful passage of of the minor prophets. Now, I think I think the minor prophet that says these words is the prophet Amos. What? <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Ah, uh, you I are think right. Almost goes on to say one of the he he starts talking about the women of Jerusalem and he says these guys sit around and they drink wine out of bowls because it's not enough for him them to have their wine in a cup and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, Amos. 100 you're points. Just, you're just guessing in alphabetical order. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't get all bent out of shape over there. <laughs> all right, now is that just law? Just because I'm winning, first time ever. In, a, in about a minute here, Pastor Wolfmiller, is that law yeah, and this or is gospel? Law. That's law. We don't need It's law. The Lord's saying, hey, you guys should pay attention to the destruction around you, and it should bring you to repentance. So you sit around and party while the walls crumble. And that's a bad idea. Bad idea, indeed. All right. Well, when we get back from this commercial break, we'll, we'll play rounds two and three of a Bible Bee with Pastor Daniel Price of Trinity Church in Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh, if you have questions for us, you can send them to questions at tabletalkradio.org or give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. Also, check out our website at tabletalkradio.org. Well, we have the all-famous Table Talk Radio uh, merchandise shop that uh, is, is difficult. I mean, I don't know how many Christmas uh, days we shopping days we have left, but there's going to be a mad rush to the Table Talk Radio merchandise shop. So you want to get to uh, tabletalkradio.org. Uh, get in to early? <laughs> yeah, to get in early before it's too late. Uh, so let's just have more table, table Talk Radio after this commercial break and more Bible Bee with Pastor Daniel Price. Don't go away. Here we sit. We can do no other. Table Talk Radio.
All right, welcome to the last uh, segment of the program on Table Talk Radio where we're playing Bible B, and the score, shockingly, is 100. Oh, I didn't give you uh, Law Gospel points. Uh, Why not? I'll give you seven points for Law Gospel, so the score is 107 uh, to zero. But don't worry, Pastor Price, we have now round two of Bible B where you get one verse. And uh, if you're ready, I'll give you your one verse. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Where was that verse? <laughs> you, you are not ready. <laughs> are you sure you're ready? <laughs> I'm, I'm, ready uh, I'm as ready as uh, you are. Okay, here we, here we are. <laughs> uh, your one verse says this. Uh, Thou didst see the affliction of our fathers in Egypt and didst see the cry by the Red Sea. That could be like 50 different books of the Bible. <laughs> I was say, uh, I'm guessing the Bible. That, 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 that could be in every book post-Exodus. Hey, I, I mean, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Man, am, I, am I wrong here? This is like every book that uh, isn't named Genesis. Is where this is. <laughs> um, but... This kind of uh, this I think that song is it is it the obvious is, that, is it too obvious because they're always you know in the songs they have this thing of worship is like this uh, in the Old Testament and should be like this now uh, where it's uh, it's recounting the the mighty things that God has done and so they all the time they're they're always singing about the the Exodus and the Red Sea and the Passover and all the you know the, the deliverance. Uh, now we don't do that in evangelicalism. We sing about other things, but um, but uh, this is what they're doing. So this sounds like something that could be in the Psalms, where he could be uh, recounting the mighty deeds of the Lord. I just just mm. for what it's worth, I did a quick little search of the string, the affliction of our fathers, to see how many times it actually comes up. And this is the only verse that's said in that way. So, oh, just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I, um, I agree. It's. It, I mean, the scriptures kind of go back to this idea quite often, but this is the only yeah. the only time it's said in this fashion. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, so, do I go with? Um, oh, he's torn. He's I'm weighing torn. his options. Going over to going to the obvious. Um, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna go with Psalms. I'm gonna go with Psalms. Psalms, it is. I'm sorry. This is actually Nehemiah. Oh, oh. Nehemiah. <laughs> hey, they're right next to each other. It is. It's well, true. Maybe oh. a little it's true. bit between. Um, pretty oh. close, anyways. They're in the same neighborhood. <laughs> well, that little that little worship uh, uh, sermon was free, anyway. Yeah, that's you know. <laughs> good. Yeah, the games are just an excuse. Uh, that's what I always say because I'm normally losing. I got to come up with a different thing to say. To oh me. man, the games are really all that matters. So that's right. Are you? Uh, can you? Can you? Uh, Speak to that in terms of law and gospel when when the Lord recounts this uh, affliction of our fathers and and the uh, crying by the Red Sea. Oh yeah, this is uh, this is gospel for sure. Oh yeah, uh, not only that, it's uh, it's 
it's also foreshadowing of uh, of greater things uh, to come. It's a the um, it's a type, and the antitype is in uh, you know when you talk about the Red Sea and and this obviously the Exodus is um, is a is a foreshadow of of our of our Exodus from from sin and death and the devil, um, and then uh, the, the Red Sea is a type of baptism. Um, and so uh, yeah, so this is this is deliverance. This is uh, life and salvation and baptism and all that. All that gifts, all that grace. Uh, so this is this is gospel. All right, very good. Um, I wish I could give you points, but I can't. But we can. Uh-huh. But what we can do is watch Pastor yeah. Wolfmiller whiff at this next one. Oh yeah, yeah, we can. Uh, this is <laughs> round two. Here's your one verse, Pastor Wolfmiller. It says, uh, "You have sown much, but harvest little. You eat, but there is not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there is not enough to become drunk. Uh, you put on clothing." But no one is uh, no one is warm enough, and he who earns earns wages to put into a purse with holes. <laughs> there you go. Well, you you sow, but you don't have enough to eat. You drink, but you're not satisfied. You have clothes on, but you're not enough to keep warm. And you get money, and you put it in a wallet with a hole in the bottom. <laughs> um, I do not know that text. From memory, so I have to deduce what it is here. So here's my deduction. I'm going to guess it's Old Testament, since I would probably recognize if it was in the New Testament. (laughs) (laughs) That's my first deduction. Um, I'm going to guess that this is law. This is a law passage. Where would this be? My default is Esther and Job, but it doesn't sound like Esther at all. Um... It could be Job, one of the guys talking to Job about how you don't have enough going on, but I'm going to guess that this is not Job, but rather a minor prophet again. And in fact, I'm going to guess it's the anti-Amos. In Amos, everyone was so hungry. I mean, they were eating tons, but they weren't hungry. The prophet of famine would be Jeremiah. Is that, oh, is that your final guess? That's my final guess. That is incorrect, I'm afraid. Oh, man. So do you lose points? if you... <laughs> No, you, you don't lose Make points. points. <laughs> this is not Jeopardy. Okay, I'm sorry, but this is uh, How Haggai. Many points did, you, did you wager all your points in that? I think you did. <laughs> yeah, this is a daily what I, double. That's what I heard. Haggai is where this is from. Haggai. Oh, there's a Haggai. Oh. <laughs> is Haggai a contemporary of uh, of uh, of who did I say? Jeremiah? Jeremiah. Um, oh, I don't think he was. But I almost gave you this verse, but I thought it was a little bit too vague. This was this was the verse I was going to give you. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. <laughs> <laughs> is that right before that one? Yeah. <laughs> so Okay, no prophets. You're sticking in the minor prophets today to tear us up. That's right. That could also be uh, any book in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's two tactics I hear, have here. One so obscure you wouldn't know it, or one that's so common you couldn't possibly guess which book of the Bible it comes from. <laughs> that's like when you do one of the uh, uh, you do the verses in um, uh, in the in the Synoptic Gospels, and you just don't know if it's you know it's in one of the Gospels. You just don't know if it's Matthew, Mark, or Luke. <laughs> right. Right. Because it's in all three. Exactly. I'm looking up to see when Haggai was on my little timeline here. Okay, when you work on that, and then I'm going to give Pastor Price his round three. And last chance. Yeah, this is your last chance. And your one-word clue is the word import. 
Oh, man, import. Import? Yep. Is this from the message? What is this? Import. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. I, by the way, I will disclose that the translation of choice I use when looking up these words is from the New American Standard Bible. So, I mean, I, well, the translation is good. No wonder. That's it. Uh, well, uh, import, like importing goods. Like, what, like, uh, importing um, false doctrine into the church. Importing false doctrine. I, I can, uh, I can even uh, reveal that it's a noun. Oh. Import. I know. I know just where this is. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Um, I'll take your one-word clue if you want my one-word clue. Ooh, that'd be uh, interesting. No, no. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Old Testament again. And... Uh, shoot, man. Um, maybe importing... This seems like something that would be in like a like a narrative text. This is, a, you know, so it's, it's a, explained like a historical historical book in the Old Testament. And so I'm thinking Kings and Chronicles and Judges here. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with First Kings. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Yeah, take on the board, you get the top, baby. Three hundred. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I'll give you well, a million. Law or gospel, law or gospel. That's what I'm <laughs> wow. <laughs> Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. <laughs> Got myself into it. Yeah. Now this is uh, uh, First Kings chapter ten, verse twenty-eight. It says, uh, "Well, I'll read twenty-seven and twenty-eight. The king made silver as common as stones in Jerusalem. He made the cedars as plentiful as sycamore trees that are in the lowland." In t- verse twenty-eight. Also, Solomon's import of horses was f- uh, from Egypt in Q. So that's where it is. You got it. Woo! Yeah. So, My life verse. Why? So. Uh, <laughs> With that import oh, of Table Talk radio points. Woo. <laughs> oh, we're out of time. I need to I need to cancel the <laughs> Come on, bring it on, last uh, word. All right. Okay, no need to Okay, so now, Pastor Wolfner, are you Oh, do you want to talk about I mean, good luck on Law and Gospel there. Do you do you want to speak to that, yeah, Pastor? Sounds like, yeah. Sounds like sounds like God's giving people things which is you know, if it's wrath, it's usually just a gospel there. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. At least gospel-y. it's great. Gospel y <laughs> Okay, then, Pastor Wolfmuller, your one-word clue is the word loyal. Loyal is only once in the Bible? It's only once in the New American Standard Bible. Huh. Well, loyal. I mean, uh, so that loyalty is a word that goes with friends, so you could speak of the kind of a, the loyalty in the uh, New Testament. Uh, the disciples are loyal or unloyal to Jesus. Um, a loyal friend... Is a good thing to have. Was that? Is that say uh, in the the loyalty of a wife to her husband? The end of Proverbs. I'm going to guess though the major text about friendship in the Bible is David and Nathan. 
That is told to us in Second Samuel. I'm yeah. sorry. You are looking for Nehemiah, <laughs> where Nehemiah thirteen fourteen says, Remember this, O my God, and do not blot out blot out all my loyal deeds which I have performed for the house oh, of my God and its services. There you go. There you go. Oh. That's after Nehemiah gets back from Babylon. He go how about this? Nehemiah goes over he gets everything straightened out, then he leaves, and everything falls apart. That's when Malachi preaches. Hey, you guys get it together. And then Nehemiah comes back, and then he says those words. At least I know that. You know that at least. Uh, So I'm sorry. That's all the the time we're going to have for today's edition. Points don't matter. We want to thank you, uh, Pastor Daniel Price, Trinity Church in Bentonville, Arkansas, and co-host of Boars in the Vineyard at boarsinthevineyard.com. Thank you for joining us on Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the drink in the days of hanging. Oh, that was mean. I wasn't supposed you to cut tell off, yeah. But thanks for coming on, Pastor Price. <laughs> it, was, it was my pleasure. And thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. I'll do it now. Where the points are like the drink at the time of Haggai. You've been listening to Table Talk <laughs> they Radio. Drink, but they were the not views full. expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.